Welcome to Standing in Faith, a series discussing how to stand in faith being unshakable, immovable, and unwavering, with real testimonies of victory and overcoming, sharing the voice of the divine encourager with how to discern and respond, finding peace, hope, and encouragement in all times, seasons, or circumstances. This is Jeff, and David's with me, and once again, we welcome back Kat. Hi, guys. So, um, I had I had a crazy thought. So I was reading First um, Kings nineteen, which is the story of Elijah and and Jezebel, and this actually happened after, right? The whole calling down the fire and the destruction of a lot of the prophets of Baal, and. Um, Rather than read the the whole chapter, I'm just going to kind of give you the the Jeff paraphrase version of what happened. But essentially, right, Ahab runs back to Jezebel and says, look at what Elijah just did. Jezebel gets furious, threatens his life, right? And Elijah goes, yikes, and takes off running. Scared, mm-hmm. um, which is just interesting in and of itself. He just called down fire from heaven, mm-hmm. right, and rain from heaven, and all of a sudden he takes off running, um, fearful for his life. And and during that story, twice an angel appears to him with food and water, right, because he's going to need substance. Yeah, and then he goes out. And and what he what he received from that angel for substance, then he goes out into the wilderness for forty days. Right away, right away, God says, "What are you doing here?" Right. That that's what God says to Elijah. Elijah obviously answers, yeah, "Everybody's trying to kill me." Essentially, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the the part that kind of jumped out at me, right. God then sends a wind, but God wasn't in the wind. God then sends sends an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. God then sends fire. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the still small voice. So to me, I, I'm kind of I'm seizing on that still small voice. Um, I can't help but wonder how many times we've all as believers, heard that still small voice and mistaken it for our own. Probably a lot of times. Yeah. And I actually feel like this is a season of that still small voice speaking to us and speaking to us what is should be loud and clear and true. Um, and it's... It's hard because I think that there's a lot of distractions, mm-hmm. right, that want to essentially come against us, mm-hmm. maybe even destroy us, possibly even kill us. Yes. Right? And I, what I guess I don't want to do for myself, I don't want to miss that still small voice. So it, it, it is interesting because some of us – need an earthquake or a 
a fire or a two by four upside the head to kind of wake up here, you know, what God's trying to tell us. And it is true. We, God often in a gentle, loving way comes to us and shares something with us. I remember, um, this is several years back, we were doing an exercise in building in the spirit. And so I asked everybody in the class to do, ask the question. And I, of course, I involved myself with it. Uh, once they've gotten into the presence of God, is God, what do you think of me? And it was this particular time that God spoke to me and said, well, you worry too much. And he did it with a chuckle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, well, you worry too much. Um, and he did it with a chuckle. And, and it was kind of like a sweet sting. But at the same time, I, I really knew it was him because I didn't feel beat down and condemned. And instead, I just responded, well, well Father, I, I see it. And I started seeing how, you know, I worried about this, worried about that. And instead of turning that too into to prayer, which is the ideal thing from Philippians 4, 6, where he says, don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And turning a lot of things into a thanksgiving before him instead of uh, uh, continuing to make it worse, you know. But I, f- I found that in in that, that in, in God speaking, and I think a still small voice, sometimes we think of it maybe as just this quiet little, but a still small voice, I think, is a loving and kind voice, no matter where it comes from. And it doesn't necessarily have to come from within me. It could come from a friend. Yes. You know? I, I think what you're describing is intimacy. Mm, yeah, that's right? good. I, I think that's what I'm hearing you say, and I, that resonates with me. I, I think that still small voice is intimate. Right? It's almost kind of like pillow talk. Yes. It's not your outside voice. It's not your inside voice. Mm-hmm. It's that, that loving, caring, kind, compassionate, soft, gentle Right, it's that intimate voice of the Lord. Yeah, and if you like with Elijah, you can't get intimate with an earthquake. You can't get it intimate with like the, all those other things that came before God. It's it's almost I, when you were reading it, I was thinking, I wonder why God did that. Why did God do that? Why didn't He just come with the still small voice? Why did He do the other things first? And um, it's a way to. Uh, sort of see the contrast, you know, because you can't be intimate with those other, you know, uh, manifestations, you know, whereas God is showing himself as you can be intimate with me. I am not those other things. This is really who I am. I, I actually think that that's, that's part of the season that we're moving into. I, I've heard a lot of people, in, including myself, feeling, sensing, looking, waiting for revival. Mm-hmm. Um, my my hunch is it is not going to look at all like the way we think it should look. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be an earthquake, and there's not going to be a stadium full of people with fire from heaven falling on them. Um, I think what it's going to be is it's going to be a, a revival of intimacy, right? Because through intimacy, 
is where you're going to get restoration. It's where you're going to get reformation, right? It's where hearts are going to just change, right? 180, right? From, yes. from what they were, hard to soft, right? It's That's, to me, mm-hmm. I, I have a sense that intimacy is going to be key, right? So that's something that, that's loud and clear in my in my mind. And how interesting um, that God would precede that uh, with this response that um, really the world, and definitely our country, has had with um, with a separation, you know, like less intimacy, you know, f- you know, social distancing, you know, like it's like preceding uh, like, oh, what did you call it a Revival of intimacy. What did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it would. It's like preceded by this man-made um, thing. Yeah, separation. Yeah, and for one of the other things that kind of was interesting to me throughout that story of Elijah, right? God did ask Elijah a couple times, "What are you doing?" I, I God was really like, "Have you?" St- God knows what Elijah was doing, right? That question yes. was for Elijah to think about, what am I doing, right? Um, but it was never harsh. It was never mad. God didn't stop providing for him, mm-hmm. right? He sent angels to provide, right? Mm-hmm. He was there. He was present. He didn't leave Elijah alone, right? So he was in it with him. And he let Elijah process through it all. But in the end, right, this is what God says. Go anoint so-and-so to be king over Syria. I don't remember that guy's name. Mm-hmm. Go anoint so-and-so, another king, over Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, by the way, go anoint Elisha mm-hmm. to be your replacement. So, in other words, God gave him some pretty clear instructions after this uh, and this wasn't just a moment of intimacy. This was like 40 days of intimacy. Yeah. Right? So after 40 days of intimacy, the instructions became clear. Right? His his fears dissipated. Right? His confidence grew. To me, that's some of the things that come out of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, not only did his confidence grow, but his 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 body and his spirit Instead of being deflated, right, they inflated. They got filled up with his presence. And, oh, by the way, what does Elijah do? But he goes and does it. Yes. And he got clear direction. Mm-hmm. And those things he did, um, it took some time. I know, at least for the king of Syria, it took some time before that guy actually became the king. But Elijah obeyed, and he was given something to do. Because I think the idea, um, going back to what we talked about last time of, uh, like, what would you say to someone, you know, who wants to, like, do something, do something to fix stuff, um, like, examining your own self, it kind of feels like, well, if I do that, all these other people, all this other stuff is there's not not justice isn't going to happen. But I just want justice. I want justice to happen. That's going to make justice not happen. I want to do something that makes justice happen, and um, and I think there's just like this. It's like you have to. 
decide in your own self, you know, what is justice and, you know, do I want my idea of justice more than I want intimacy with God? I, exactly. And I think the mistake that we make is we allow ourselves to become so emotionally tied into whatever's going on that we lose sight of the kingdom of God and what is God after and what does God want. Mm -hmm. And it goes all the way back to our first subject about the kingdom of God and, and people seeking the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man mm -hmm. and not, not really, not really uh, allowing themselves to stop like Elijah, Elijah did and hear the, the voice of God saying, wait a minute, this is the way we need to do this, not this way. And, you know, people, but a lot of times in our emotional state, we want action now. We want something to happen right now. And God has a different plan many times. Um, I grew up, you know, being bullied as a kid. I also grew up on the other spectrum. I was a minority. Um, and, and, you know, I'll never forget. I, it's, this, this story came to me the other day as a, a little boy. I guess I was in the fourth or fifth grade. I was boarding school in this in this village area called Lubondai, and um, this one guy I knew, big muscular guy, um, uh, black guy that worked on uh, um, cars and stuff. He was a mechanic, had been in prison and all that kind of stuff, and but he, he had this big garage area that that worked on the cars of people, whoever. And um, he was pretty much all alone there. Well, one day I happened to be walking, and he came up, grabbed me, and forcefully took me to his garage area and threw me into a pit. It was Back then, you drove your car over a pit, and mm -hmm. then they worked under it. Well, as that little boy, I couldn't climb out of that. Yeah. And, you know, I was scared to death. Well, you know, in our world today, we think about that kind of thing, and usually those children don't reappear. You know, that they disappear forever. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about him, and I was thinking, because I don't, to this day, I still don't know how I finally got set free, other than that he must have set me free. Um, but I, I realized that, did, did, is there something in me that uh, I dislike or hate? Or, and I can't think of it because I was, I was totally raised in a culture where we weren't, we weren't allowed to hate because of differences in our or color. We didn't think about that. We mm -hmm. just didn't think about that. It mm -hmm. was just, it was just that this is where we are. This is who we live among. This is how we, how we play and everything else. And so when when all of this stuff happened way back when the first civil rights was, I was really into that, you know. But I was into it because I, I believe with all my heart that in me, what rose up in me, was this idea of of bullying or whatever, of injustice in some capacity or other. Do I understand what it means to, to being pulled over because you're black? No, I don't. Um, uh, do I understand injustice 
and being bullied and all that kind of stuff, I do. I've lived with that mm -hmm. much of my life. Um, but I think what happens in the midst of that, I, I think that because of how I came up and because of those scenarios of things that happened to me, is I can react out of them or I can begin to think of God's kingdom principles, as Jeff mentioned earlier and, and, and you did too, Kat. I can begin to think about those kinds of things and say, wait a minute, how is it do we approach this thing and how is it that we, we as, as God's people, God's children, how do we approach this now and, and not be... Um, not be an earthquake or a fire, but be that sweet voice, be that voice of love, and be that voice that unites and, and actually can draw hearts to him. Yeah, it can infuriate the enemy, of course, but are we, are we walking in that path that we're hearing him and his direction? Which would make sense of why now would be a good time for the enemy to start having division in the body of Christ and like, oh, well, this these people were wrong. These people were right. This is this. You know, it's exactly his time to strike and just try to scatter us a little more. Yeah. There's there's two concepts here, and I don't know which one to touch on. Right? There's the concept of justice, and then there's a concept of righteousness. Um, and I can – I really want to go after the justice one because I think that that – fits the best here. But justice is something that's very interesting. In the kingdom of God, right, justice is perfect, mean, meaning to me that it is fueled out of a, a foundation of mercy, kindness, and grace. In that case, Justice can be perfect. Now, you, you apply justice in the world, in, in, of justice of men, mm -hmm. it can be extremely harsh. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it can even be blind in the kingdom of the world. Mm -hmm. In the kingdom of the benevolent king, right, justice is not blind. Justice is eyes wide open. Right? And it's coupled with that mercy and that grace. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a little bit longer episode because I really feel like this is an important – and um, bear with me here. I'll, I'll try to make this story short. But um, my wife and I were working with um, uh, a lady who had to, to split time with her son – and when her son was not with her, he was being abused. Mm. And there's just something rose up in me that got, no, that is wrong, right? It was, it was almost like a righteousness rose up in me saying, that is not right. Yeah. So I purposed in my heart, right, to literally go before the throne of God to seek justice for this little boy. Um, so I, I, I did that. 
on the way to go do that, right? I, I uh, did this in the spirit. Um, on the way to go do that, a number of times, I got stopped by different heavenly creatures telling me, recommending to me, suggesting to me that I really didn't want to do what I was about to do. And I said, oh, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was determined. I had walked on that. I was going to go do that. Yeah. So I literally, I'm, I go through the doors. I'm there with me, protecting me. And I'm just, I'm walking straight up. And I, I literally saw Father extend me the... Right, so I came up, and he literally said to me, kind of like what he said to Elijah, "What are you doing here?" And at the second he asked me that, I I just I had this huge revelation of what I was about to do. What I was actually going to do was ask for justice against another human being that God happened to love. And it suddenly dawned on me that I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So instead, I asked for mercy. I asked for healing. Mm-hmm. I asked for deliverance. I, and I got the, I got his nod of approval, and that was that. Right? That mm-hmm. I had to go then. Right? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. I could hang out then and see what happened. Mm-mm, right? Yeah. And it's almost like I came as a witness and. I didn't change my testimony. My testimony remained the same. But what changed in me was, what am I really asking for? So you went sort of like asking for punishment. Yeah. And instead, when you, you know, once you're face to face, you know, with then you, with God, then you like asked for mercy. and All of a sudden it realized. So I realized, you know what? It's not justice that I seek here on earth. It's mercy. That mm-hmm. I seek, and I and I think there's a lot of people that are. I, I've changed that that one heavenly experience completely has rewired me. Mm-hmm. Do I see things that happen on the earth now that are unjust, especially from the kingdom standpoint? Daily, yes, daily. Yeah, sure, but instead of asking for or even because I was going to go and demand. That's honestly. That's what I was heading. That was my intent. I was going to, like, thump my hands and demand justice, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, because I would not want to be the recipient of that. Yes. So it kind of gets back to live by the sword, die by the sword. Live by justice, die by justice. Just replace sword with whatever word you want. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't want justice because if, if I got justice, justice says... And here's where we go into self-righteousness, that mm-hmm. there's nothing in me that meets the conditions that Jesus met for me. Yes. So as soon as I start to become self-righteous at all, mm-hmm. I'm in danger zone. Yes. Really, seriously. So I've seen too much of this, too. Too many cries out for justice and too many people rising up in self-righteousness. Neither one of those things are kingdom principles. It's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm starting to get There's some kind of wisdom. uh, While you were talking about that, I was thinking about the uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares about, uh, you know, when when the servants came to Jesus and they're like, hey, or, you know, well, wherever to the the owner of the the field, uh, 
you know, these weeds have grown up. Should we pull them out? And then he's like, no, no, let's wait till the end, you know, because if you pull out some of the, the weeds, the tares, it might mess up the good plants, you know. So mm -hmm. just let them grow up together. So there's wisdom to don't try to rip it all out. Let it grow up together. We're going to sort it out at the end. So even though to us, it's like, well, we maybe just pull out a few, you know, like, what about this one over here that's maybe not, t you know, like, just just obey, you know, just let him sort it out at the end, like, whatever, like, there's there, there has to be a wisdom to not going and trying to pull out the weeds ourselves. And so I can think of our experiences that we've had, just like the one I had as a little boy, I can think about how those would affect us, both in a negative and a positive way. And I think the, the key to it is allowing, first of all, healing and forgiveness to take place in those things so that whatever you do to fight for justice comes out in righteousness, ultimately in mercy, mm -hmm. the very things that we want. Um, or, because I think if we react out of our pain or out of our hurt, yeah, I think there ought to be an emotion there that rises up in us anytime we see injustice to think, no, this isn't good. Um, but at the same time, okay, God, what is it and how is it you want me to respond to this? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, not do I respond out of my own pain and hurt and what happened to me, but what is it you want me to do here? And I want to, I want to experience your feelings and thoughts here so that I react in a kingdom way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because having emotions is just having emotions is what you do because of those emotions, you know, you know, so, or in spite of those emotions, whatever, like you, you know, the emotions just happen sometimes, but it doesn't mean you have to let those guide you, you know. What if, just what if, here's an idea for you. What if in your reaction and seeking what God would have your reaction to be, there was healing? Like healing for yourself or or another? Both. Both. I don't think God's going to waste a moment like that. Exactly. Right? He's going to be multitasking, multifaceted, mm -hmm. and it may even be healing observers of it. But yeah. I believe that there's, that's, there's going to be healing there, mm -hmm. um, which I think goes back to part of the revival that's going to be taking place. I don't think it's just going to be a revival of intimacy. I think it's going to be a revival of moments. Just like what we've just described, right? Mm -hmm. And right, how, how do I react? Do I do I bless someone who just cursed me? Just I'm throwing it out there. What if, what if, by not cursing back, there's healing there all of a sudden, mm -hmm. right? All of a sudden, now you are no longer a weapon, right? You honestly become light and salt, mm -hmm. which is what we're called to be, right? So. I'm just throwing out the concept of what if the what if this is this is not going to be some it's going to be a glorious revival but it's not going to be singular. I think it's going to be intimate and I think it's going to be made up of many moments and opportunities and I think the key is responding from the standpoint of what our good, gracious, merciful, slow to anger never-ending loving father, right, would have us respond. And, and in so doing, 
I think it that's where the that's where the fire is going to fall, right? It's going to fall yeah. on that moment. Let's bless everybody. Okay. We just went through a whole bunch of stuff. This was a super long episode. Thank you all for hanging in there with us. But I think that there's lots of th- things we can bless here. Yes. So, Lord, I do. I I really I just release an amazing blessing of shalom, shalom that protects, that brings wholeness, that brings peace, that brings uh, joy. I release that, that shalom over those that are listening, over each of us, that, that would bring us into a place that causes us to walk in that narrow path of your kingdom. I bless those who are listening with, with an immense sense of the love and intimacy uh, of the Father, that they could walk in that and hunger after it and, and, and fall in love again with you, Lord God. Father, I pray that you bless everyone listening with a hunger for your kingdom. Yes, God. With a hunger for you, with a hunger for your ways, with a hunger for your characteristics so that we seek first the kingdom and everything else is just going to fall into place. Father, oh, let your kingdom come. Let it arrive. Let it arise. David and I sure would appreciate your feedback. If you enjoyed today's episode, please click like, or rate us with five stars, and be sure to leave a comment. If you have not already subscribed, please do that as well, and turn alerts on. This way you'll automatically know when we post our next installment. You have our permission to share this podcast. If you have a story you would like to share, or a question we can answer, you can email us at fellowshipcast7 at gmail.com. That's fellowshipcast7 at gmail.com.